Hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us today as we're in this series called The Tipping Point. And we started this series last week, and we were just talking about how do we tip the scales of, of God's favor in our life? Like, what does that look like for us? And so I thought it's pretty important. Last week's message was pretty critical to this week. And so if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back and watch it. I, I think it will absolutely uh, shift some paradigm thoughts for you. But let me review a little bit of it for you today. And so we started last week off by asking this question. The question is this, is, is how many of us would like to live in financial freedom? And we, we had people raise our hands, like how many, like the, the majority of us would like to live in financial freedom. I, I like to phrase it like this. How many of you guys would like to have no worry when it comes to your finances? Oh man, like, yeah, heck yeah. Like sign me up double-handed, you know, like I just, I, I want some of that in my life. And so we asked the question, how does that happen? And, and how do we tip the scale in God's favor? Now, the interesting thing that we talked about is the fact that this scale is, is God's scale. This is not TJ's scale. Uh, the American economy did not come up with this scale. Warren Buffett didn't come up with this scale while he benefited from the scale. Uh, God's scale has been created by God. There's been buying and selling and trading all throughout generations. And we didn't come up with it. The people before us didn't come up with it. This scale has always been God's scale. So whose scale is it? Oh man, you guys are kind of attentive today. We might have church in, in this place. And so, uh, so this is God's scale. And so if we want to understand how to tip the scale in God's favor, we've got to understand how he created it and what does real financial freedom look like when it comes to God. And so we defined financial freedom last week. We said that financial freedom is two things according to God. It's God's provision and it's God's protection. Now let me define those for you. So God's provision Basically, what that means is that God will supply our basic needs in life, food, water, shelter. And so God says, man, I'll take care of those things. What God doesn't say is that he doesn't say, I will take care of all of your wants. Because listen, I was driving in. As I was driving in, I was pulling through Whole Foods, and I saw some cars out there at Whole Foods. Which, which would take my whole paycheck, you know, for multiple years. But there's some cars that are sitting in that parking lot that I would, I would really like to have. Like, there are some wants there. I saw a, a Ford Raptor sitting over there in that parking lot. If you don't know what that is, that's an F-150 that's, like, souped up on crack cocaine for, for trucks. And, and so, like, I saw one of those, and I just started, like, drooling, you know, salivating. Like, I want one of those. But what I need is a 2008 Toyota Prius with 220,000 miles on it. You know what I'm saying? And so like while I might want a Raptor that's 0 to 60 in 4.3 seconds, I got a Prius that's 0 to 60 in about 10 years. <laughs> Big difference. God says, man, I'll supply your needs, food, water, shelter, the basic needs. And then God's protection. What is God's protection? What does that mean? Does that mean that, man, I'm, I'm never going to go through some hardships in life? No, 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 it doesn't mean that. Does, it, does that mean that I'm never going to take a, a bath on a house? No, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Does that mean that I'm not going to struggle in my business? No, 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 it doesn't mean that. What it means is that God takes responsibility for your financial situation. And I don't know about you, but, but I could take responsibility or I can have God take responsibility. I, I'm leaning more towards I want God responsible rather than me. Can I get an amen? I mean, most of us would say, man, I, I definitely want God responsible over this rather than me. And so 
that's a big deal because I truly believe that God can do way more with our finances than we can. And I think a lot of us would agree with that statement because we know that God is, is, is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. He can be over there and over there at the same time. We're monopresent. We're limited in life. And so I don't want to be limited based on my ability. I want to tap into the potential and the ability of God who can be everywhere at all times. So it gets to this question that we're all trying to answer. What carries the most weight when it comes to God? Like what is the thing that's going to tip the scale in God's favor for our life. And so today we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 4. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn to Genesis chapter 4. It's in the first, the first, right in the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis. First book of the Bible, chapter 4. You can look at your worship gods. The notes are in there as well. Uh, we're going to be reading starting in verse 1. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I've brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks. What that means is basically Abel was a shepherd. He was a shepherder. He was taking care of animals. It says, and Cain worked the soil. In other words, Cain was a farmer. And so we got a shepherder and we got a farmer there. It says, in the course of time, that's an important phrase. You're going to want to kind of keep that in the back of your head or circle that right there. It says, Cain brought some of the fruits. Circle some of the fruits there if you're taking notes of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn. And, and that's an important circle, firstborn. What part did he bring? First, firstborn, firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. You know why he was angry and his face was downcast? I'll tell you why, because people get funny when you start talking about their money. Just telling you right now, they just, they, start to get, they, get, they just get a little weird. It says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you don't do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Kind of ends depressing there, but uh, let's, let's, let's focus on this. Why did God accept Abel's offering, and why did God reject Cain's? It goes back to what Scripture says. For, for Cain, it says, in the course of time. Everybody say, in the course of time. It says he brought some of the fruit. Say, some of the fruit. So in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil. So here's what Cain did. Cain went out and he harvested his fields. Man, he worked the soil. He harvested all of his crops. And when he got all of his crops harvested, he said, you know what? Man, I've got distributors I've got to take care of. I've got this guy who supplied the seeds. I'm going to take care of him. I've got this guy who supplied the leases on the farming equipment. I'm going to take care of this guy. He said, man, I've got a staff here. And so I've got to make sure to pay all of their salaries. I've got to pay, the, pay those employee benefits. I've got to pay the IRS because they just always want something. And, uh, and so then he takes care of all that. And then he says, man, you know what? I better make sure my family 
family's taken care of. And so he goes and he makes sure his pantry stockpile for he and his, his wife and his kids. And he says, man, I better put some away for the future. So he goes out to his barns and he, he stocks it all up. He's sitting on his front porch in his rocking chair just chilling out. And all of a sudden it's like, man, you know what? God, is, God has really, really blessed me. Man, look, like, look at all this, man. I, I took care of all these things, and I got food in the pantry, and I've got, I got food in the barn. Man, I'm pretty well set. Man, I, I better thank God, man. He's been so, so good to me. And so he goes out into his barn, and he grabs some watermelons. He grabs some squash. He grabs some, some uh, maybe some, some grapes. He says, man, I'm, I'm going to bring these to God, and man, God is going to be so proud of me. Man, God is going to love this because, because you know, want to know why? Because I don't see a whole bunch of other farmers like lining up to bring God some watermelons and some, some, some cantaloupes and some grapes. I don't see them lining up to do that. And so he goes and he takes his, his fruit that he's harvested from the ground, his, his vegetables that he's harvested from the ground, and he says, man, God, thank you so much. Here you go. And God looks at him and goes, man, Cain, I love you so much. Man, I love your family, Cain, but honestly, I'm disappointed in you. And he's like, what? Are you serious, God? Like, like I just brought you some, some watermelon and some, some, some grapes and some squash, and, and you're disappointed in me? And he's like, yeah, Cain, I'm disappointed in you. See, I gave you my very best, and Cain, you showed up with some of your leftovers. He's like, God, man, I can't believe you'd be disappointed in me. What's up with that, God? See, Cain, what Cain was saying to God right there is, God, I'll bring what I want when I want to bring it. That's what Cain was saying. He's saying, God, man, I'm going to bring you what I want when I want to bring it. Listen, nobody's going to tell me how to spend my money. I earned that money. I'm the one who went out and tilled the fields. I'm the one who went out and worked the ground. I'm the one who planted the seeds. I'm the one who harvested that ground. I'm the one who pulled all the weeds. I'm the one who made this happen. God, I'm going to bring you what I want when I want to. And God goes, man, I reject that, Cain. I reject that. I love you. I love you with all my heart. I love your family, but I reject that. Now, Abel, the Bible says, brought the firstborn. Now, I don't know if you, you can comprehend this, but he was a shepherd. -er. And when he brought the firstborn, he's taking a huge financial risk. Want to know why? Because he's not guaranteed to have more sheep. He's not guaranteed to have more lambs. And so he says, man, he goes, man, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring you, God, the very first lamb and the best parts of it to you. And see, where Cain says, I'll bring you what I want when I want to bring it. Abel has the exact opposite response to God. And he says, man, God, I'll bring what you want when you want it. 
He says, God, man, if you want the best, I'm your man. I'm going to bring you the best. You want the first, God, I'm going to give you the first. You want to know why? Because you're the creator of things. I didn't create things. You created things. You created lambs. I didn't create lambs. And so if you ask for a lamb, I'm going to bring you a lamb. In fact, I don't even know how to make lambs. I have an idea of how they reproduce, but I don't know how you do all that stuff inside. You're the creator of life. I'm not it. And so if you ask for that, I'm going to bring it to you because I couldn't even bring it to you if you didn't give me that ability. So I'm going to bring you what you want when you want it. And he brings that lamb to God, and he sacrifices it. And God says, man, I'm proud of you, Abel. You brought me what I wanted when I wanted it. I'm going to bless you. Now, why does God bless the heart of Abel and not the heart of Cain? I mean, both, both brought something. Both, both showed up. And I think the reason he does that is because what carries the most weight with God isn't what we perceive it to be. We perceive what carries the most weight with God is, is money. So what we all think. We all think, man, money carries the most weight with God. Like if, if I, I just had more money, that, that would, that, that's what carries all the way with God. And so we think, man, God, if you would just give me more money, if I just had stacks of hundos right now, if I just had these in my pocket, then God, man, I would be a better parent because if I had more money, then I would be able to take the vacations that we've always needed to take with our kids and we would have the family time and I could buy that Airstream and we'd have real camping trips instead of those fake camping trips and tents. Like it'd be a real camping trip and my kids, we would have connection there. God, if I had more money, then, then, man, my marriage would be stronger if I just had more money. God, you know what? I would do more for you. Pastor TJ, I know that dude has got bigger dreams and he's got resources. And let, let me just tell you something. God, if I had more money, Pastor TJ, I got your back, dude. I got you. I got, if I just had more money. If I just had more money. And God's like, stop that. Stop that. More Money doesn't tip the scale of God's favor in your life. But here's what we do, and this is probably 70 to 80% of us in this room. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to get between you and your makeup, ladies, okay? Not trying to get there. But a lot of us in this room, probably 70 to 80% of us, make decisions like Cain when it comes to to our finances. And most of us live like him. And, and I know some of you are like, well, I, I, don't, I don't live like him. I don't say I'm going to bring what you want when, or what I want when I want to. And, and let, let me kind of explain that because I, I think you do. Because when you get paid, you go take care of your mortgage bill first. You go take care of your utility bill first. You go take care of your Whole Foods bill first. You go take care of, of little Timmy's soccer team's bill first. You make sure that you have some spending money for eating out and date night first. And then you come to church on Sundays and you're like, man, 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 I just love this church. I love this church. I love how friendly uh, the, the first impressions people are. When I walk in, there's like a crazy lady that's running out in the parking lot hugging me. That's just weird. But like, it's cool. Like I'm accepted here. And, and then I'll walk in there's people that really care for my kids like really really care for my kids 
And then I'm talking to my kids afterwards, and they actually learn something about God. Like, they might know more about God than I do, which, is, which just blows my mind. Then I come in, and we have great music and worship, and it's incredible. And then some crazy bald guy gets up there and says stuff, and we're not really sure about him yet, but it's, it's entertaining at least. And, uh, and so we keep coming back. And, and so, God, man, I, you know what? I'm thankful for that church. I'm really thankful, man. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give God 30 bucks. I'm going to give him 30 bucks. I'm going to take care. Like, I want God to know that I'm thankful. And so, Jesus, here's, here's $30. Because we're thankful. The problem is, is you make 5000 And so, you're not really giving God your first and your best. You're, you're just... You're giving God, honestly, your leftovers. See, what you should have given God is $500, but because you paid the mortgage company first, and you paid for some eating out first, and you paid for this first, and you paid for that first, all you have left to say thank you is $30. And there's a whole bunch of $30 people that are sitting out there today. And so when somebody gets up here and says, that's not what God wants, you're like, well, then what the heck does God want? Like, what, what does he want from me? Because I know this, that there's people that, aren't even, that are going to walk into this service today, and they're not going to be given $30. They're going to actually have their hand out expecting something back from us. So what, what does God want? Why are you going to get up there and tell me that that is not acceptable to God? And why are you going to tell me that that's not right? Because it's not. Because God doesn't want your $30. He wants your first. Listen, you make $300 a week and you give $30, that's your first. That's awesome. But if you make $5,000, then your first should be $500. And God says, man, I saved your soul. I've given you hope and life everlasting. Man, I've given you my first and my best and my son, Jesus Christ. I've given, I've given the very essence of all and who that I am to you through my Holy Spirit as well. And you bring me leftovers. And I want you to notice something that, that when we, man, we take that $30 and we bring it to God and we drop it in. The tip never tips the scale. It never even moves. It doesn't even, it doesn't even shake it a little bit. And God says, man, I want the first. I want the first. I want you to bring me the first. And so if that means you make $5,000, he says, man, I want you to bring me the first 10% of that. I want you to bring that to my house, not, not to Whole Foods, not to your mortgage company, not to Applebee's this afternoon. He says, man, I want you to bring me the first. And when you bring me the first, the first tips the scale. See, what tips the scale is when I trust God with the first 10%. See, the only people that are like, yep, you're right, are the people that actually do it because they know what's tipped the scale.
The tip doesn't tip the scale. What tips the scale is by trusting God first. And, and I know that somebody out there is giving me some pushback in your mind. You're going, man, this dude just wants my money. Like, this church is hurting. They, they just need money. And let me just say, like, no, 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 we don't need your money. See, what I'm trying to do and trying to help you out with is I'm trying to connect your heart and your money together because God is after your heart, but it's attached to your money. And you're like, man, my, my money is back here and my heart's right here. Well, then maybe your heart has moved back here, okay? Well, I don't agree with that. Well, do you disagree with Jesus? Because Jesus actually said that. That isn't something I made up. See, in Matthew 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, where your money is, hello, you know, there your heart will be also. So my heart follows my money. Not my money follows my heart. And so Jesus is after your heart. And he knows in order to find your heart, he's got to follow the trail, and the trail is with your money. Man, I like Pastor Ryan being in this service. You're never going back to kids' ministry again. He's trying to get you to trust him. That's what this is all about. It's all about trust. That's why last week I threw down the gauntlet, and I said, man, I challenge you to trust God. Take 90 days and trust God. See if Malachi isn't true and what God says, man, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you won't be able to contain it. See, we want God's provision and we want God's protection, but we don't want to trust him for it. And I want to challenge you, church. I want to challenge you to trust him in it. I'm going to challenge you big time. And see, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to ask a couple guys to, to come help me here. Uh, where's those three guys? There's two of them. There's the third. Uh, and so... So, guys, um, why don't you guys stand over here? That would be awesome. Um, we got some good, good guys here. I'm going to give you some money. Is that cool? Yes. You, you like money? Sure. Okay, I'm going I'm to give you. Here, here's the deal. I'm going to give you $10,000 a month for the next three months. Is that, does that sound pretty fair? Yes. And, and what I'm going to ask of you is that I'm gonna, every month I'm going to ask you to bring 1,000 of that to Shayla. Is that cool? Does that sound fair? Shayla, Shayla, Shayla's liking that. Sure. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars as well. Uh, here, here's a hundred for that. So we'll we'll just make that a thousand. Okay. And uh, same deal. Ten thousand a month. Ten thousand a month. You're awesome. Uh, just you just gotta bring Shayla a thousand. Is that is that fair? Fair. fair. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. Ten k a month. It's a big big increase in your salary. <laughs> it's a big increase. Big increase. <laughs> <laughs> You can buy lots more of those hats. We appreciate you not wearing it today. Uh, all you got to do is bring a, a thousand to, to Shayla. Is that cool? Okay. So, so we, we, we got these three guys. And, and here's the deal. For the next three months, man, I'm going to Africa. I'm going to check out some of the missions endeavors we have. We're, we're building a church over there right now. We're feeding so many. In fact, we're feeding so many kids in South Africa right now. We had to start a second care point location in our community because there were so many kids showing up. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I'm going to go spend the next three months. I'm going to check that out. And, and here's the deal. That entire time, I just want you to take care of my wife because I want you to understand something. Shayla is the most important thing in my life. Like, Shayla's more important than, than uh, any house that we have, any cars that we drive. It's more important than this church to me. Like, she is my everything. She is my world, and she's thinking hot, and I just want to make sure she has whatever she needs while I'm gone. And so it, that, that's cool. You're good with that. 
I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. Okay. Okay. So, so like, I, I'm gone. I come back, and, and I'm like, hey, Shayla, like, I've been gone. I'm so excited to see her. I'm jacked up. I'm on fire. I'm like, man, this is awesome. Like, I've enjoyed my time. God is doing so many incredible things all over Africa through, through your generosity and your giving. Um, but I'm like, Shayla, how, how has this time been? Like, how have these three guys done with, with taking care of you? Like, what does that look like for you? And, and Shayla's like, man, it, it was an interesting experience. And, and you know, that's always a, that's, that's probably good. Um, and, and I go, well, well, tell me a little bit about that. Like, what did, what did that look like on, on a monthly basis for you? You know, how, how did those things change? And she says, well, the first month, it was unbelievable. In fact, on the first day of the first month, like one of the guys shows up and he brings $1,000. Can I have $1,000? You don't, yeah, that's fine. Just give me one bill. That's fine. We get the significance of it. You want to be accurate. I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't count it out. Gives me $1,000, and I'm like, this is awesome. And not only does he give me $1,000, he goes, hey, you know what, uh, Miss McCormick, I, I know that TJ's gone, and listen, if you have any needs why he's gone, I'm just a phone call away. And I'm like, really? He said that? And she goes, not only did he do that the first month, but he showed up the same day, the first day of the month, at 9 a.m. the next month, and the third month, every single month, it was like clockwork, he showed up with $1,000 and said, hey, if there's anything else you need, I'm just a phone call away, I'll take care of you. I'm like, dude, that is awesome. That is awesome. Good job. Give me some rock. Good job. Like that, like absolutely incredible. I, I, I said, well, 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 tell me, tell me about Jeremy. Tell, tell me, this, this is Jeremy, just in case you guys don't know. Tell me about Jeremy. Like what, what, how did Jeremy do? And Shayla's like, oh man, you're never going to believe what Jeremy did. I'm like, well, tell me about Jeremy. She said, well, I, Jeremy showed up like on the second day of the month. And on the second day of the month, he didn't just give me a thousand dollars. He gave me two thousand dollars. Right. That's right. Two G's. I'm like, are you kidding me? I only asked him to give you $1,000, and he gave you two? Like, why did he give you $2,000? And she, she goes, I, I don't know. He just, this is what he told me. He said, uh, you know, I know that uh, TJ's gone during this time, and Miss McCormick, I want to make sure that you're taken care of. And I know that $1,000 is, is what he deemed reasonable to take care of you, but I know that there's going to be some additional expenses. There's going to be some additional things that are going to come up, and I just want to make sure that you have more than enough. Like, you're without want and need, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, Jeremy is legit. Like, I need to take Jeremy to lunch sometime. Like, he is awesome. And I'm like two for two right now. I'm like, man, I, I've, I've given these guys 30 grand each, and they have totally taken care of Shayla. Like, I'm feeling good about it. I'm like, tell me about Kyle. How was, what, what did Kyle do? And Shayla's like, oh, man, Kyle's got a good heart. <laughs> and, and TJ, deep down inside, I think he means really, really well. <laughs> well, t well t what, what happened with Kyle? She said, well, well, Kyle showed up about the 15th of the month, the first month. And he gave me $500. I said, well, well did, did he show up the next day and give you more money? She's like, no. So, so he only gave you $500, yeah. 
I said, well, well what happened in the second month? Because, I mean, I, I know that Kyle's a good guy. Like, uh, you know, I, I expect a lot of Kyle. Like, what happened in the second month? Well, the second month he showed up on about the 23rd, and uh, he showed up with $275. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I've given that joker 20 grand in his account, and so far he's given you $775? Yeah. I'm getting a little hot right now. I'm like, well, maybe he redeemed it in the third month. And she's like, well, actually, in the third month, he showed up yesterday before you arrived and gave me $60. And I'm like, I have put 30 G's in his account, and he gave $835 to take care of you? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Now let me ask you a question. Can I trust Jeremy? Can I trust Kyle? Heck no. <laughs> Just FYI, Kyle's like the most positive person in the world, so he's trying to figure out some way that he can redeem himself right now. If <laughs> I just smile more. Now, let me say this in the most loving way possible that I can. So, so don't get mad at me. I'm talking to 70 to 80% of us that are just like Kyle. And you keep wondering, why can't I get out of the hole? If I just made $50,000, I'd get out of the hole. If I just made $75,000, I'd get out of the hole. If I just made $200,000, I would get out of the hole. And you think, man, if I just made more, I would be out of this hole. You want to know why you're not out of the hole? Because God can't bless money that's stolen from him. Not only can't he bless it, he won't bless it. Now, that doesn't mean that maybe some of y'all won't be driving around in a pimped out rod or have a nice house, but this is what I do know. You will be worrying and you'll be stressed out about money for the rest of your life. Because if you steal from God, he can't bless it. Now, let me connect this with where you are today. Do you know what God and Jesus call Coastal Community Church? Their bride. God calls our church his bride. 
all of you that are sitting here, all of the people that are sitting in our pump, in our Coconut Creek campus, we're God's bride. That's what Jesus sees in our life. And we can go out and we can put on a great show for everybody else. We can put on all the outward appearances, but God is looking at our hearts. And he's saying, man, I've given you everything that you have. And all I ask for you to do is to return 10% of it back to my bride, the church. He says, bring that back to my house. Don't bring that to Whole Foods. Don't bring that to the mortgage company. Bring that to my house, the church. This isn't your church. You bring that to your church. If this, this is a church you call home, then you, you bring that here. And I'm talking to some of you guys in the room. You're, you're like both of these guys, man. You're like both of them. They, you've been generous. You've given above and beyond. You've trusted. Like God said, bring it. And you've just brought it and brought it faithfully, man. And I am so, so thankful for you. But I'm talking to a lot of people here. You're, you're good men. You're good women. You've got an incredible heart. I believe that you love God with all of your hearts. but you're just like Kyle. And you're stealing from God. And God is saying, man, I can't trust you. You're saying, but God, I, I want more. If you give me more, man, if I win the lottery, then I'll do all these things, but I can't even trust you with what I've already given you. You're asking for more, but you're not trustworthy with what you have. That would be bad stewardship on my part to give you more until you prove yourself faithful with what you have. See, Kyle, he's got the heart of Cain. And the heart of Cain always ends in pain. But the heart of Abel is a heart that enables the work of the Lord to continue on. See, the reason these two guys were so quick to, to bring that to Shayla and bring above and beyond and offer more is because I believe that if this was their relationship with God, the reason they're so quick to return to God what's his is because they remember where they were before they got there. They remember the fact that they were lost and they were broken and they were hurting. And then God showed up and he rescued them and instilled hope and gave new life. And they are so thankful and so passionate about God that they're like, man, I, I can't help but want to return to him. And they remember the impact and they're like, man, I, I'm so thankful that somebody else was sitting out there when I walked in that said, man, I'm going to trust God with the first. And because they trusted God with the first, I'm here today. And so I want to help somebody else that's walking in today to, to make sure that they know God, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I I, I almost pay their way. People think when they give that oh man that's just going to pay light bills that's just going to to put money in the bank that's no 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 when you give to Jesus it's going to change lives. In fact I like I just I just need some help in here real quick like if your life 
has been impacted, changed, transformed because of this church. Like it has impacted your life. It's changed your life. I want you to stand up real quick. Help me out. Stand up all over this place, wherever you are. This church has impacted your life in some portion, some matter. Like I just take a, just, if you're sitting, that's okay. But it, I just want you to look around. Virtually 80% of the people are standing up here. You want to know why they're standing up here, why lives have been changed, why brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, friends, singles have been changed and transformed because there's been a group of people that have said, man, I'm going to trust God with my first and my best, and it's going to go to transforming other lives. And I just want to say thank you to all those that have been generous and have been faithful in trusting God with the first. It's because of you that these lives are standing up. It's because of you and your faithfulness and your generosity. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, it says that because of Abel's faith, it was because of his faith when he couldn't even see. When you gave, when you couldn't even see these people that were sitting here that are now standing. It says at the end of that, his legacy lives on. Listen, your legacy lives on through the impact of other people's lives, through your generosity. And it's an amazing thing. And some of you guys in here, you drive older cars because you give generously. Some of you live in lesser houses because you've given generously. Some of you do those things because you wanted to make sure that this campus got planted two years ago. And you were like, man, I'll sacrifice X beyond my my means right now so that I can see people stand up one day. Others of you have sacrificed so we can start orphanages and, and take care of AIDS orphans and build churches all throughout Africa and other countries. Now, think about this. We've done all that with 20% of the people trusting God with the first. What would happen if that number jumped to 50%. Like, what about those seats that are empty next to you? I bet you they'd be full. I bet you there'd be more opportunities for your friends and your family and your coworkers and your loved ones and that neighbor you don't like that hopefully you would like after they found Jesus. Let's be a church that's full of people with the heart of Abel that enables the work of the Lord to go forth so we can make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience, so they can know, and so they can follow Jesus Christ.